0: You know, we've been studying a lot of the how-tos of how to pray for the sick, how to say it, how to bind, how to loose. And then we've been laying a foundation in the scriptures about how Jesus did it. And the Lord said to me this morning, He said uh, that really and truly, although we'll always study this and we'll always review these things because they're good and they build our faith, He said, you have enough how-tos. He said, just do it just do it. In fact, he said, do it. And I added the just do it. And so we're at that point where it's time to just go out there and do it. Just do it. We know enough to do it. We may not have perfect understanding in every area. There's always more to learn. Let me say it that way. But we can do it now. We can just do it. Hallelujah. Turn to Luke 12.12 12, and we'll just read a few scriptures about this. This is what the Holy Spirit's saying to River Church about our prayer and healing center. In Luke 12, 12, it says, The Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. The Holy Ghost shall teach you the Holy Ghost. We're baptized in the Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us and we don't have to think about what we're going to say. Of course, we've trained about some of the things we could say, but every case is different. And one thing I'd like to point out is if you look through the Gospels, Jesus never healed the same way twice, did not ever heal the same way twice every person he healed he healed differently and so we need to not think so much about what we would say although we can practice like pastor said at home and that's good. I heard Andrew Womack say when it came time for him to raise the first person from the dead that he ever raised from the dead, it was the easiest thing in the world because he had practiced raising people from the dead. He had just practiced by himself at home raising the dead. Hallelujah. So it's good to practice, but we don't know who's going to come those nights. We don't know who's going to show up. We don't know what their needs are. We don't know unless the Lord gives us a word of knowledge and shows us as we're praying and Preparing, we won't know any of those things. So the key is the Holy Ghost. He's the key to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, responding and and listening to the Holy Ghost all the time. Practicing listening to the Holy Ghost, you can practice and say, which checkout line at Walmart? You can be at the back of Walmart and say, which checkout line is going to have the fewest people in it? are no people in it and hear it at the back, listen and hear it. You might miss it, but that's how we practice listening to the Lord. And so practice that and send the Holy Ghost will teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. One of the main things about ministering healing, having a relationship with the Lord is key, not just being born again, Not even just having been filled with the Spirit and you spoke in tongues back in 04, but having a relationship, a vital relationship, an alive relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the key. Turn to Acts 19. We're going to have more success not based on having good doctrine, although good doctrine is awesome. It's best to have good doctrine and relationship, but there are people that probably we would say their doctrine was not as good, but because of relationship, they have had tremendous success. And that was certainly true of some of the old timers that we talk about. John G. Lake, Alexander Dowie back in the 1800s and early 1900s, Maria Woodworth Eder, Amy Simple McPherson, these old timers who had tremendous healing ministries. The revelation that we have today that has come about because of the teaching movement that came after the charismatic renewal, there began to be a teaching revival. And the ministers of God began to teach the body of Christ. And God has been releasing ever since then tremendous revelation concerning his word. And the things we know about who we are in Christ and some of the things we know about faith and some of the things we know in those areas, they did not always necessarily know those. Especially one of the areas that the old timers didn't have a revelation in. They may have known a lot more about healing than we do, but they did not have a revelation very much about prosperity. And so many of them suffered so much financially as they tried to minister the word and lived very much in poverty, some of them, because this revelation of prosperity that we had was not released to them. So that's true in every area. But one thing they had going for them that was huge, that was big, was a relationship a strong relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can just go through all of them and they had tremendous relationship. Catherine Kuhlman had an awesome relationship with the Holy Spirit. So relationship is key. It's a very important part that if we're going to be successful as healing ministers, then our relationship side is going to have to be stronger than our good doctrine side. Hallelujah. We might mess up in what we say or mess up in an area, but if we have relationship. In Acts 19 verse 11, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Now, I'm not trying to scare you off from healing ministry tonight and say, okay, because this happened to Jews that had not received Jesus Christ. The Bible says said there was vagabond Jews. Doesn't sound good, does it? A vagabond. These were Jews and they had not received Jesus Christ as their Savior, but yet they went and tried to do the works that they had seen Paul do. And uh, that demon spirit jumped all over them, whooped them, stripped their clothes off of them. Not the demon spirit, but the demon spirit through the man. It was the demon inciting the man. If you've ever studied anything about demons, demons can make a man supernaturally stronger than they are in the natural. And so this demon spirit incited this man and this man that had a, a demon spirit that needed to be cast out and they were trying to cast it out but they didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not only could they not get the spirit out of him but also that spirit in him overpowered them and And so they were running down the streets without any clothes and wounded. (laughs) I'm not advocating that this is what could happen in prayer and healing center, but I am saying this, that this scripture proves that relationship is very important. They had to have a relationship. And my... A premise tonight is that we've got a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because we're born again, but that relationship needs to be strong. We need to be walking very close to Jesus, and as we walk close to Him and listen to Him and we obey Him and as we let the Holy Spirit teach us what we should say, that we're not going to have to fret or worry. Everything is going to turn out amazing. You might forget what Miss Debbie taught on that Wednesday night, but that's okay. You've got a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You've spent time with Him, and so you'll know what to say in that hour. The Bible talks about in Matthew that we are to seek first the kingdom of God. It seems kind of funny that I'm talking about this tonight, but we've got a whole, whole Whole, whole, whole bunch of Christians, they're born again. They've prayed that salvation prayer. They walked up to receive Christ or raised their hand to receive Christ, but they don't really have a day-to-day, hour-by-hour relationship with the Lord Jesus because if they did, we'd be seeing some things different in the body of Christ. Wouldn't you agree? So they are relationship deficient, a great many of Christians today. So when the Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God, that is not even just instruction to go to church on Sunday, although it includes that, or to tithe and put God first in our money, although it includes that. But you cannot seek first the kingdom of God and totally ignore the king. There is a king to this kingdom. There is a king in the kingdom and we have to have relationship with the king and we have to know the king. We have to know his voice and you don't just learn the voice, you practice hearing the voice. And the first step to hearing the voice is wanting to hear the voice. You want to hear Jesus' voice? You want to hear the voice of the Lord? Then ask Him. He already promised that my sheep hear my voice. But just say, Lord, I had not been doing a good job of this. I need to hear you. Show me how to hear you better. Start teaching me to hear you better. And He will begin to teach you those things. In our ministry of healing, if we put a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ first, we will know what to do we will know what to do. I'm going to read page 133 out of our healing book. Trust you're reading this book because this is one of the requirements for being a divine healing minister. And I'm going to be reading from page 133 if you want to write that down because you might want to read that later. One of the things I always do when I'm reading, I know some of you don't, and that's okay too, but I will tell you the benefits of it are that while I'm reading, I'm underlining and you can highlight or whatever, but I'm also putting asterisks or stars, whatever you want to call them. And if the passage is too long to underline, I'm using big, parentheses. And the thing about doing that and what I do with that is first of all, if I decide I'm going to teach on healing, I don't have to read the whole book over. I can go to places I have highlight and know those are significant things that I might want to say or use later. Then also a thing that I do though is one of the things that we're going to be doing as we continue is this ongoing healing center continues and we begin to meet and pray for people is that you're going to need to be feeding on healing all the time. The purpose of that is to keep your faith built up so that you can have your faith built up for healing when you go into minister. Well, what I do, if I want to build faith, I can read the word, but I can also take my book and I just start reading horse highlight. I'll tell you something else I do with it. I did that with this book. I got started reading this, and I got part way through, and I got distracted. I had to go on to some other things and do some other things, and I was at least halfway through. Well, I didn't want to start over, so what I did is I just went through and read everything I'd highlighted, and I was like up to speed, and I could just pick up this book and go again. Okay, so I'm going to read from page 133, and this is under Bill Johnson's, one of his chapters. No two miracles of Jesus recorded in Scripture were done in exactly the same way. I cannot help but wonder if our tendency to get locked into patterns and principles, though they have value, might work against our need to stay connected to what the Father is doing. It is no longer a question of whether it is God's will to heal. Now it is only a question of how. Developing an ear for his voice seems to be at the heart of this issue, for faith comes by hearing, not having heard. Faith implies a present tense relationship with God. What we know can keep us from what we need to know if we do not stay childlike in our approach to life and ministry. Past success is often what prevents us from greater success. Our first breakthrough came when we heard from God. But when we create a pattern out of what we last heard, we create a problem. The key for Jesus was not putting mud in a man's eye or telling him to wash in the pool of Siloam. It was not the action done. It was hearing the voice of the Father and doing what he said that made that particular act powerful. As Luke 4.4 says, we live by every word that proceeds from God's mouth. We can see how the Father directed Jesus to do certain things to bring a breakthrough. Whether it was the spit that Jesus put on the mute man's tongue or simply saying to the centurion, go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. Jesus acted from the Father's direction. It greatly encourages and helps me to see through these examples that God's will is not always made known to us directly. Sometimes we must learn to recognize what He is doing by watching how people respond to the Holy Spirit. Knowledge of His will is always available for those who want to see it. It is a very important part of the normal Christian life of signs, wonders, and miracles. And you know that in John, it, Jesus said, I always do what I see my Father doing. I say what I hear my Father say, I do what I hear my Father doing. It's important that we hear And what we see Him doing, and that may come in the form of a sentence, that God says a sentence to us, but it may just come in the form of an impression, that we have an impression of what God's saying at that time. Or like uh, Bill was pointing out there, we watch. You know, last week I talked about that I closed my eyes. We watch and we see what is happening to the person. If we see something happening, we can tell more about what God's doing. Or we ask the person, did you sense anything? Did you feel anything? I think last week somebody said, well, I felt tingling in my neck. And a lot of times, We need to go with what God's doing. For instance, if someone comes into the healing room and they ask you to pray for their stomach, but all of a sudden they say, well, my arm is burning. My arm is just on fire. Well, probably God's doing something in the arm. That would be the main thing you would kind of think of. So you might want to say, well, was there something wrong with your arm? And if they say yes, then you go with that. And whatever he's already doing, we bless, don't we? We're going to keep our faith for healing high by feeding on healing. And another way we know to keep our faith high is to Jude 1.20. The Bible says, building ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. There's something about praying in the Holy Ghost that takes the faith that has come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God that it takes that somehow and pumps it up. Hallelujah, to just supernaturally flow out of us. There's something about being prayed up and praying in the Holy Ghost that causes things to flow smoother. It comes out of you easier. It comes out of you smoother. Glory to God for that. We're grateful. Now, the next thing the Lord said for this church, I know this is for this church it's not just for this church. It's for the body of Christ. You know, sometimes I say, well, the great majority of the body of Christ out there, they're operating not really strong in relationship on a day-to-day basis. I know that as a Christian, I operated there when I was just saved, my relationship on a day-to-day basis. Now, I went to church and I loved the Lord and I wanted to love Him a lot more than I did. I think I had a hunger for the Lord and I could sense the Holy Spirit at times. I remember just being a Baptist Christian little girl and going to the lay renewal meeting that we had. I think I was a freshman in college. And I went to the lay renewal meeting that we had at First Baptist Seagraves. And I remember sensing the Holy Spirit. Didn't know a lot of what that was and what to do with it. Somehow I couldn't get the sensing I had of the Holy Spirit. I couldn't translate that into my relationship with Him on a day-to-day basis. I couldn't put the two pieces together somehow. I remember one time coming home from Brownfield had gone to Brownfield shopping and coming to Seagraves, which is 22 miles. And I was by myself. And I remember that I had bought a little Bill and Gloria Gaither cassette tape for Colin. I think it had a little book with it. And it had that little song on it. I am a promise. I am a possibility. That came out in the 70s and, and I remember just crying coming home. Just listen to that and just crying. So the Holy Spirit is touching my heart. But like I said, didn't have any way to translate that into my everyday relationship. But after Pastor and I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, Jesus began to be a part of our everyday. He was not only a part of our everyday, He was a part of our all day everyday. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there's a neglected area that I want to talk about tonight, and that is the area of praise. And when I'm talking about praise here, when the Lord ministered this to me, it's not so much about our praise here at church. And it's not even about putting on a praise song and listening or soaking or singing along. That's not really... I don't think what the Lord's talking about here. Although, you know, all of it's a part of it and we're glad for it. And I do believe that this church has been a very much of an overcoming church when it comes to our praise that we have in the service. So this area of praise that I'm thinking about and what the Lord quickened to me as I have seeking Him is that just making, praising, loving, glorifying God, thanking Jesus, a part of our conversation with ourself. It's like we have this ongoing conversation of praise and love and adoration going on all day throughout the day, whether we be walking through the house, whether we be out on a walk around the block, driving in our car. We can listen to music and not really, or we could even sing music and not ever just Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And I believe what the Lord's saying to me that He wants this to come back and be a great part of our life. I know that when we were Baptist Christians and my grandmother invited some people from Roscoe, Texas for New Year's Eve, I already kind of knew about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, heard about it on PTL, didn't know a lot about it hadn't read the books my grandmother gave me, but hadn't read the book that PTL sent me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I heard the testimony on New Year's Eve that these people from Roscoe gave a testimony of how they had been Baptist and got filled with the Spirit. And that really, you know, caught me in pastor's ear because we were listening very carefully. They were Baptist. And so then but the one of the things that really put the hook in my mouth and set the hook to want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the people from Roscoe, this husband and wife, they just would walk down the hallway of my grandmother's house. And they'd just be walking down the hall and they'd say, well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. And uh, I was awestruck by it. And I just wonder today if praise was a very important part of our life that we factored into every part of our life, how many people today, too, would be awestruck by people that had such a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that they were constantly praising Him. Thank you, Jesus. And there wasn't any real involved praise. It wasn't any songs that they sang. Although we did sing, it's just this ongoing conversation of adoration and love and thanksgiving yeah. and praise that they had with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Holy Spirit starts talking to me about this today. There's lots of sad Christians these days. There's lots of Christians that even though maybe they wouldn't say they were sad if you ask them, they don't bring an excitement everywhere they go. They don't bring a presence with them. There's nothing joyful seemingly about them. You might could say they were peaceful. You wouldn't see anything necessarily to do with joy. But I wonder if we began to take this back on. This is what I would call the life of praise. I wonder as we, if we took back on this life of praise that at one time... Probably Pastor and I had more than we have now. I remember when we had Christian school in our church, and the church in Seminole was shaped just like the one out at Coker big building just like that but it had a wing on the side and the wing on the side was our christian school of course that was before cell phones i'm sure we could have got a telephone i don't know why we didn't think of it but we sure couldn't text each other or anything like that so if i needed to tell pastor something who was the principal i would have to come from the school through another room up through another office and haul the way up the center aisle of the sanctuary and then to the front of the church where the offices were. And I remember every time I'd walk through that sanctuary, I would just praise the Lord. Lift my hand. Thank you, Lord. And I'd just be walking. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I just bless you, Lord. I magnify you. And I remember I would be so thankful. Lord, I'm just thanking you that I'm right here. That I get to be right here with my boys. And they're in the school. They're right here. And I'm getting to watch them and see them grow and learn how Hallelujah. I believe that Christian school is a great benefit to their life. We had friends at the time who also had Christian school, and they had constant problems. But we had no problems in our Christian school, and they were constantly in the red. That means they weren't making ends meet financially. But we were always in the black, and the Christian school was actually helping our church. Hallelujah. So. There's two things I attributed to is first of all, the teachers got there early every morning and prayed. We prayed first thing every morning. Hallelujah. We told our parents, don't bring the kids till a certain time. You cannot bring them till a certain time because we're going to be praying. Hallelujah. And then also this life of praise that we were leading at that time. Glory to God. And then something that quickened me to this the other day, I was listening to someone talk about how they praised the money in. They had a ministry, and it was kind of an unknown ministry, and nobody really knew about this ministry. It was a prayer ministry. And this prayer ministry was actually sending thousands and thousands of dollars into missions all over the world through this prayer ministry of these ladies. I think it was less than 50 people, but these people that were praying. And, uh, and they did this for 50 years. And they said, we never asked for money or offerings or anything, but we praised the money in. And when I heard that, I had this little quickening. And I thought, you know, we just need to praise that building sold out there. You know, we've done all the praying. Like Pastor and I, and I'm sure some of y'all, we've prayed that thing every way we know to pray it. Hallelujah. So I just had this quickening. So as I began to think about this praise, I had this thought that the Holy Spirit wants us to get back to the praise life and how it would not only affect the church and it would affect the building out there, but how it would affect this healing center, but mostly how it just affects our each individual lives. I don't think any of us are seeing everything we want to see. Are you seeing everything that you want to see. I know that I want to see more than I'm seeing. Now I'll read something from this book and this is called Ladies of Gold and this is about those ladies that had that prayer ministry. I can't even read some of the things in this book. If you want to know it, buy the book. Paul, he said he wouldn't tell us what he saw at the third heaven, and they didn't tell it. They did not tell this, but there's a man named James Maloney. You may have heard of him, and he was a young man at the time, kind of an older teenager, and they brought him into their group, and so all these years later, because now he's probably sixty or older, he's put this book out about it. Anyway, first of all, this is an hour of revelation in which Jesus Christ is increasingly manifesting himself among men. Some of the greatest discoveries the sons of God are making are in the realm of God's nuclear power. Now that caught my eye because all we hear about now is nuclear power. I thought, well, hallelujah, I didn't know God had nuclear power, but he does. Evidently, the realm of God's nuclear power, the dunamis of the spirit. This omnipotent power of which the nuclear energy in the physical universe is a fitting symbol is released and channeled into the earth by faith and praise. When God is actively and fervently and continuously praised, this dunamis power is readily manifested. For praise provides a habitation an atmosphere in which God can move and act. In both the Old and New Testament, there is much instruction about praising the Lord. But each generation seems to have to rediscover this truth. In the days of Israel's greatness, King David knew the secret of this power. Not only did he practice praise himself, but he taught all Israel how to praise God. And he set apart several thousand chosen ones to be trained to minister continually unto the Lord in praise. Now I think Israel needs another new revelation about praising God. I think it would help things over there a whole bunch. I know some Jews, a couple. I just know a couple. But I can tell you, and they're Jews. They go to synagogue. They had Passover recently but they don't have a revelation of praising God. So they need that King David revelation to praise the Lord. This power of praise was likewise known and manifested in the Christian church both in early and latter days. It was prayer and praise that prepared the disciples for the descent of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and drew Him to their hearts. And in the succeeding ages, praise has again and again released this power on the earth. We are indeed thankful that many years ago the blessed Holy Spirit filled our vessels also as we lifted up our hearts and voices in loving praise and we rejoice that He has set us apart to... "...for this high and holy and eternal ministry, even while we are still on earth. He has continued to teach us, as no doubt He is teaching you, how to praise Him more perfectly, fully and acceptably. In 1952, we were in Stubauer to write and circulate, living the life of praise. It has proved to be a blessing and source of edification." making his praise glorious, a companion writing which was included in the first edition. We are now making astounding new discoveries in this realm of praise, and perhaps we could soon share them with you. The praisers of God are increasing in number and power. May you be found in that glorious number, transformed, illuminated, and glorified by his divine power. So may we be. I pray we are. Don't you? Let's turn to Psalm 132, verse 4. Now this is a little different. We've been going through the how-tos of uh, healing the sick. But I tell you what, I really believe the key to making it all work, hallelujah, is this living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that's growing all the time in relationship. And this living this life of praise. I actually believe that the Holy Spirit revealed to me today that this true praise that I'm talking about, not just singing a worship song in church, not just listening to Christian radio or Pandora radio, whatever, but that true praise of just living the life of praise that just comes out of our mouth spontaneously all day long. I believe the Lord said to me that this kind of praise is more neglected than prayer in the church. And prayer is very neglected. I know. But this is a important part. Psalm 132, verse 4. I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to mine eyelids until I find out a place for the Lord and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Listen to that. Let's read, start in verse 3. I think I started. Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed, I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to mine eyelids until I find out a place for the Lord an habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. When I read that, I thought, the Bible says that he inhabits our praises. So David's saying, I'm not going to go to sleep until I praise him and make a habitation for him. Psalm 135, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise Him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto His name, for it is pleasant. It is pleasant. Psalm 134, let's back up. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Psalm 138, verse 1. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And then if we were to keep reading, you can write this down to read later. Psalm 148 through 150. Maybe you could read that tonight before you give sleep to your eyes. And then going back to Psalm 34, Psalm 34, verse 1. I don't know what you're going to do with this message tonight. Pastor's been talking to you about being a doer of the Word of God. And when you listen to the Word, already knowing you're going to do whatever the Word says to do, or whatever's preached here from the Word, that you're going to do it. So I don't know what you're going to do with it, but I can tell you, I've been quickened by the Lord, even in the last three or four days, about this praise life, and I've already taken it back on. One thing about it, sometimes prayer, you may say, I don't have time for any more prayer, but this praise life doesn't take any of your time. This is when you're walking to the bathroom at work. This is when you're... Going to get your third cup of coffee at work. Hallelujah. Or whatever you're doing, you're going to Walmart. Hey, you could be walking the aisles of Walmart. And uh, glory to God. You know, one thing about it, they'll either get in there with us if they hear us, or they'll scatter. That's not always bad. You know, just the sea will part before you. And hallelujah, you might just walk right up to the checkout stand because you're (laughs) praising the Lord and just saying, hallelujah, praise God. Or, you know, somebody may say something to you. It might open a door of opportunity, but it really doesn't matter. This is our life. This is who we are. So really, you know, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now that is a scripture where we could honestly say we have reason to say we have scripture and verse to praise God at Walmart. You have scripture and verse to praise God when you're waiting at the stoplight, when you're in the doctor's office waiting. That'd be a great place to praise the Lord, wouldn't it? Hallelujah! Get in there and them say, "Well, no, nothing wrong with you." Now I'm gonna read something else. Then we're gonna close. I'm gonna read this, and this came from the Dead Sea Scrolls. It was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls. I think it was it was in the 1900s sometime when they found all these Dead Sea Scrolls hidden in a cave somewhere, and they had scriptures. It verified a lot of things concerning the Word of God. But with that was this a manual of discipline from the Dead Sea Scrolls. As long as I live, it shall be a rule engraved on my tongue to bring praise like fruit for an offering, and my lips as a sacrificial gift. I will make skilful music with lyre and harp to serve God's glory, and the flute of my lips will I raise in praise of his rule of righteousness. Both morning and evening I shall enter into the covenant of God, and at the end of both I shall recite his commandments, and so long as they continue to exist, there will be my frontier and my journey's end. Therefore I will bless his name in all I do. Before I move hand or foot, Whenever I go out or come in, when I sit down and when I rise, even when lying on my couch, I will chant his praise. My lips shall praise him as I sit at the table, which is set for all, and before I lift my hand to partake of any nourishment from the delicious fruits of the earth. When fear and terror come and there is only anguish and distress, I will bless and thank Him for His wondrous deeds and meditate upon His power and lean upon His mercies all day long. For I know that in His hand is justice for all that live and all His works are true. So when trouble comes or salvation, I will praise Him just the same. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we're going to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just praise Him for a few minutes. We praise You, Lord God. We magnify You, O God. Bless the Lord. We bless Your name, Jesus. I love You, Jesus. I glorify You. I magnify You. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord God. Thank You, Lord Jesus. I praise You, Jesus. Praise You, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to Your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. I love you, Jesus. You are wonderful. Your name is mighty. Holy is my God. Oh, your name is wonderful. Oh, hallelujah! glory to your name. Jesus is king. Ana Jesus is king. Oh, yes. Your loving kindness. Oh, is better than life. Oh, Praise God praise God forever thank you Lord we thank you Lord we praise you Jesus hallelujah oh we're so grateful Lord holy spirit be our reminder as we enter into this praise life in a fresh new way father baptize us and fill us more and more with your holy spirit oh father there is no doubt that uh, we have been leaky vessels and leaked out oh, through the years and the months and through trials and through situations. So fill us, O oh God, as overflowing. And Father, as we speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and we sing and make melody in our heart to the Lord, we thank You, Lord, that we are more and more filled. And Lord, as we pray in the Spirit, Lord God, that we are built up on our most holy faith and Father we are listening and we are a needy people and we ask you show us what to do we want to obey you Lord God so we ask you Father we'll do what you show us to do we'll, we're listening Father God we're listening hallelujah and we will do what we hear our Father saying and we will we will, we will, will say that and we will do what we see our Father doing so I think you're, you're giving us pictures Lord even little visions and pictures and we see things. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, we thank you, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God. Oh, God, from day one, from day one, and we decree and say over River Church, say this with me, everything is turning out amazing. Now let's say it over our, your life. Everything in my life is turning out amazing. Let's say it over Tuscaloosa. Everything Everything. in Tuscaloosa is turning out amazing. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, let's go around the room. You don't have to if you don't want to, but if you want to decree some area that's turning out amazing, go ahead and decree that now out loud. We'll agree and we'll rejoice and we'll praise God with you. Anybody want to say everything's turning out amazing in your finances? Can somebody say that? Glory to God. Uh Now what else is turning out amazing?